You're listening to an excerpt from The Case for United Prayer, a compilation of works by Jonathan Edwards, Samuel Prime, and Richard Cross. The chapter you are about to hear provides a detailed account of the Third Great Awakening that began in New York City in 1857 and spread throughout the world. Chapter 5. Tracing God's Hand When we come to the history of the third month of prayer, what a change we find rapidly taking place, not only in the city, but all over the land. It was everywhere, a revival of prayer. It was not prayer meetings in imitation of the Fulton Street meetings. Those that say so or think so greatly err. God was preparing his glorious way over the nation. It was the desire to pray. The same power that moved to prayer in Fulton Street moved to prayer elsewhere. The same characteristics that marked the Fulton Street meeting marked all similar meetings. The Spirit of the Lord was poured out upon these assemblages, and it was this that made the places of prayer all over the land places of great solemnity and earnest inquiry. Men did not doubt, could not doubt, that God was moving in answer to prayer. It was this solemn conviction that silenced all opposition, that awakened the careless and stupid, that encouraged and gladdened the hearts of Christians, causing a general turning to the Lord. Such a display of love and mercy on the part of the ever-blessed Spirit was never made before. The religious press all over the country heralded the glad news of what the Lord was doing in some places, thus preparing the way for what He was about to do in others. Thousands on thousands of closets bore witness to strong crying and tears before God in prayer all over the land. Thousands of waiting hearts, hearing that Jesus was passing by, begged that he would tarry long enough to look on them. On the very first days of the present year, the secular press in this city began to notice and publish the facts of this great movement to prayer. With scarcely an exception, this was done in the most respectful and approving terms. Most of the secular daily journals of this city spread abroad the intelligence of what was doing. The people demanded it, and the publication of it was a sort of necessity. The revival columns were read with the most eager interest over the whole country, and many thousands were influenced by them who never looked into a religious paper. God's hand was in all this. We give a few brief extracts from Mr. Lamphere's private journal to indicate the means which were used. A large attendance at the noonday prayer meeting. We distributed the tract entitled Three Words, and each one was to give it to some friend and ask God's special blessing upon it. Everything was done in prayer. Attended the noonday prayer meeting. It was fully attended. The tract given out today was entitled One Honest Effort. It was to be prayed over and then given away, asking God to bless it on its mission to the salvation of souls. 
distributed tracts, called on several men, and conversed with them in regard to their soul's salvation. At the noonday prayer meeting, a young man, one out of a great number, told what the Lord had done for his soul by attending the noonday meetings, which sent a thrill through every Christian heart and which will be remembered with joy. January 5, 1858 Called to converse with some of the editors of the daily papers in regard to having some of the incidents which occur from day to day in the prayer meetings inserted in them. This was probably the beginning of the notices of the secular press of the transactions of these meetings. At the end of the fourth month, the Fulton Street Prayer Meeting occupied the three lecture rooms in the consistory building, and all were filled to their utmost capacity. So were all other places filled in the cities of New York, Brooklyn, Jersey City, Newark, and their vicinity. But the spread of the meetings requires a more special mention, in order that we may trace the hand of God in this revival. The three lecture rooms at the old Dutch church had become filled to overflowing, one after the other, until no sitting room or standing room was left, and scores, and perhaps hundreds, had to go away, unable even to get into the halls. How noticeable is one fact, and it must be noticed in order that we may see that the excellency of the power is of God. There had been no eloquent preaching, no energetic and enthusiastic appeals, no attempts to rouse up religious interest. All had been still, solemn, and awful. The simple fact, the great fact was, the people were moved to prayer. The people demanded a place to pray. So noiseless was this work of grace that one portion of the community did not know what any other portion were doing in the matter. Instead of devising plans and executing them to stir up the community, the whole community, as one man, seemed to be already roused. The daily prayer meeting was not the means of the feeling, but the mere expression of it. Never since the days of Pentecost was such a state of the general Christian heart and mind and never since the world was made was there such an important epic. The more we go into the facts of it, the more is the mind filled with adoring wonder and amazement at the stupendous importance and extent of it. Every movement in it seemed to be following, not leading, not creating, but following the developments of a plan already marked out, the end by no means seen from the beginning and no part of the plan seen, only as it was unfolded from day to day by him who devised it all. Who would have foreseen the connection of the meeting of six men for prayer in that upper room, in which one was Presbyterian, one Baptist, one Congregationalist, and one Reformed Dutch, with the events which were to follow? When was there ever such a meeting before? made up of such elements, met for such a purpose, at such an hour, and gathered up without the shadow of any human contrivance as to any of the results which followed, that haste with which God makes haste, slowly, and by which a whole Christian nation was to be shaken from center to circumference. To this meeting in the upper room, no one knew who was coming, 
or whether anyone would come. And yet we find there the very elements of that deeply affecting Christian union, which was the golden chain by which millions of Christian hearts were to be bound together as they had never been in all time, by which the true unity of the Church of Christ was to be manifested. Whose hand was in this but the hand of God? And this first meeting was a union of different denominations, as represented, there to pray. A union in the blessed work of prayer. Oh, who can fail to see that in this God is to be acknowledged and exalted? His hand has done it, and his name shall have all the glory. We shall see in the sequel how rapid was the progress of the work from the point where we now are. But God had a work to do, and His Holy Spirit was preparing the way. Going back to that first noonday prayer meeting and looking forward, we cannot see what it was that was to be done. But from our present standpoint, looking backward over the history of the past, we can plainly see what it was. This revival is to be the precursor of greater and more wonderful things, which are yet to be revealed in the redeeming providence of God. What these are, we cannot tell, but coming events cast their shadows before, as this is a law in the kingdoms of nature, providence, and grace. So we may unhesitatingly conclude that however eventful may be the interests of the present times, we shall see greater things than these. The time was to be hastened when larger views were to be taken, nobler aims indulged, more far-reaching plans laid, more costly sacrifices made, more lofty designs executed. You've been listening to an excerpt from the Case for United Prayer, a ministry of sermonaudio.com. The purpose of this book is simply to inspire and invigorate God's people to take up the same mantle in our own generation and to give ourselves continually to prayer. Remembering God's marvelous works in the past enlarges our faith in the place of prayer and gives us bright hope for the future. May God bless this humble attempt.